hunting fishing and outdoors we are coming with you at the uh, back 40 seed company again brother roy's here along with farmer bill also known as formerly dr bill yeah formerly dr bill well we haven't we have we've Pete. never really formally introduced them as the back 40 seed company i think the last time we had no, them that's, on, right. We, that's right we we toyed around with the idea that they might be starting a seed company which they in fact did but we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode here but Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. All right, so we're here with the Back 40 Seed Company, and uh, we're going to talk to them later. Uh, we want to uh, introduce uh, the Bearded Bucks uh, new show that's coming out, or that came out on the Pursuit Channel. Uh, they're doing a great job. Uh, you guys need to check this out. Uh, great episode. They're doing uh, some live giveaways after their episode on Sunday. Uh, on the Pursuit Channel, I think it airs at 5, so they're doing their live giveaways at 5.35-ish. On Sundays, uh, every time after the show airs. So on Facebook, on Facebook, yeah, Facebook Live. So it's pretty entertaining. I watched the last one. I was kind of chiming in and trying to answer some stuff. And uh, but uh, you got to be a fast typer to uh, to win anything. I'm, I'm sure of that we got so many people on there. But uh, anyway, Jer- for stuff. Jerry Tibbet and uh, Ron Buderbaugh, uh, aka Cud, uh, are the the stars of the show, I should say, uh, along with the Sharp Brothers from uh, uh, Jinx, Oklahoma. That's their partners in it, so uh, they're doing well. Uh, can't, it was a can't, great can't for, few episodes. Yeah, can't forget Austin. And Austin, Austin Tibbet yeah. as well. Oh, Austin, late, Mike, yeah. and you know, and, just, oh yeah, Money Mike, yeah, Cut, Money Mike, the Scab, the Cat, many many names. So they're but, doing uh, a great job. Oh out yeah, there. a big a big congrats out to them. Um, they are. Uh, if you follow us, we've been to their uh, their their camp twice or three times, I think, so far, and it is uh, pretty magnificent piece of property that they have uh when they first invited us they said you want to come to the camp so in my mind a hunting camp is a hunting camp which i've been to a lot of hunting camps and pretty much every one of them falls into that same type of smallish category this is a uh, different type of atmosphere but you can see if you if you watch the show you can see their property uh they're all pennsylvania boys uh, born and bred good group of guys good show unique in nature uh, check them out. Uh, you can find them as well because if you don't have the Pursuit Channel like we don't, I don't think anybody in this room here has the Pursuit Channel. I actually found I have it now. You have it now? Somehow I have it now. Oh. I don't know. I didn't have it earlier. Now I have it. It's because the Beard of Buck came on. Well, maybe. Maybe Jerry Will just it. phoned in and said, you know, <laughs> everyone needs to have PA Pursuit Rep Channel. Brad, the Pursuit <laughs> Channel. I'm not sure. But if you don't have the Pursuit Channel, you can find them on the HuntChannel.tv. It's HuntChannel.tv. Um, type in, there's a search uh, area at the top of the website, just type in The Bearded Buck, you can find their most recent episodes, they have two out so far. Both fantastic episodes, both episodes, they lay down PA hammers, so it's always fun to watch a hunting show that is kind of similar in nature to where you hunt and how you hunt, that's kind of what they are for us PA guys. Yeah, it's cool because they, you know, they plant their food plots, they uh, watch these deer throughout the year and don't harvest them until they're ready to be harvested until they're at maturity level it's really cool to see that come to come together especially on their film and uh you know of course it's guys that we know so it's more exciting 
yep. for us to see these guys. You know, we've heard stories and we, 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 you know, we've been up there a couple of times and they talked about these deer that they harvest. We've seen the racks. We've held, we've held them in our hands and, um, it's really cool to see it come together on TV and the way they do it, uh, is second to none. It's, uh, it's a comedy mixed with hunting and, uh, it's really cool. It's, it's, it's not your typical hunting show. Um, it's, uh, it's different and it's cool. It's really entertaining. Yeah, it's good. I liked it. I, I did like yep. it. Interesting fact. In episode number one, when Cud lays down the corkscrew, which is the name of the buck that he shot in it, I was actually texting Jerry when he shot that back and forth, just randomly talking about hunting. He's like, oh, Cud just shot a big one. And if you watch the episode, that's in episode one. It is a damn nice buck. Here we all think about uh, being able to being able to film film a deer, get pictures of a deer. And put that deer down that we have pictures of. I oh, mean, yeah. I know we think about it. Roy actually did it a couple of years ago, which is was was amazing. We didn't know that there was a, the deer that uh, we had pictures of until after he had already on the ground. But to be able to chase a to be able to chase a, a, a deer and have like pictures of it, and then to be able to harvest that same deer, that's kind of hard to do here in Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, just they I mean they travel so far. Uh, you know, to there's so many does. In certain areas, no, I'm going to get criticized for that. But there's so many does in certain areas, <laughs> not Pennsylvania, in certain areas, and there's a lack other. of does in other others. So these bucks that you may have in your camera could travel, you know, three, four, five miles, and easy, out of your range, easy, and then yeah. come back into your yep. range, and then be out of your range again for another three weeks. So to harvest a buck that you actually have on trail camera that you're tra- actually chasing earlier in the season, and then it's the rut, and you harvest that deer, kudos to you. There's oh, yeah. a, it's an unbelievable feat to be to be had there. I can't imagine um, doing that. I've I've had bucks on my property. I've been chasing for you know all year long. Yeah, the camera there, camera the there, camera there, and then the neighbor ends up getting them. And just you know, we talked about this in a previous episode, and that's what happened. You know, it's over a mile away from where I had uh, trail cameras pictures of him the night before. So it is what it is. You know, they just, they travel like crazy. They travel like crazy. And it, uh, another thing from a very basic standpoint, you just have to have the time and energy to put into tracking deer like that. You can pattern deer on your property. Yeah. But it takes a whole lot of research, which was another thing going back to the bearded buck. Um, the couple of times we were up there, they spent the majority of the time behind computers going through trail cam pictures and thousands upon thousands of trail cam picks. So they do a very good job of monitoring their property and they uh, know what's on there and so far based on their shell do a pretty good job of laying them down well speaking of the bearded buck and how they're harvesting these deer that they have on trail camera and how they get them to stay on their property this is a great time to bring in the back 40 seed company uh to kind of introduce them and what they're going to do and what they're planning on doing um also how can you keep deer on your property? You need to plant food plots. You need to keep them on your. You need to give them a reason to stay there. Uh, give the does reason to stay there. Give the bucks reason to stay there, and just kind of bed down. It's not only about the food plots, but it might be about some cover, doing some hinge cutting or planting some. Uh, some. Go ahead. Go ahead. Autumn olive. Some autumn olive. Autumn olive. So, gets so, thick. so <laughs> planting some autumn olive to get some, some thick uh, cover area in there, letting some grass grow up real high. So there's a lot of things that go into. Uh, planning a property out to where you're going to hold your deer. Not only keep them there, but hold them there years after years the, after years. So you gotta you gotta put the feed out to t- them and not pressure them. Yeah. Turn this over to brother Roy, and I'm gonna turn this over to Farmer Bill. And they can talk about how you keep deer on your property. Not only filling the food bolts, but keeping them on your property. 
Yeah, we had talked to uh, some of our friends at uh, R2 Pursuits, and uh, and we had those these guys out on our property in uh, in uh, fall gobbler season and spring. We spring were talking gobbler. to those guys about uh, spring gobbler season, and we we had talked to those guys about uh, about a doe that we had on our property that was uh, had one horn, one horn on the side of her head. Horny, horny doe, horny, yeah, horny. We talked horny about this on previous morning. Yeah, they say. So we had the horny doe out there for an eight-year period. So that's a that's a good way to like kind of keep an eye on uh, keep the does that we had. You know what uh, stays around for what yeah, you know. Drug drug a doe on your property and spray paint it black or red or put, yeah. a, put a tag on its leg or something a, like that. You know. Yeah, they stick around. Yeah. We well, we put the feed to them and what what seed we've come up with for the food plots. Like right now, uh, it's time to plant your fall mix, and that's Nebraska's. Uh, we're going to be planting probably in two weeks to three weeks. We're going to be putting our seed down. Uh, next weekend, we're putting corn in, which everybody says I'm crazy for planting corn so late, but I like it to get ready about middle of October, which I use 90-day corn. The weather we're having in Pennsylvania uh, that stays warmer later, you might be too, not too far-fetched to plant corn a little bit later. That way, it's just, like you said, it's coming out. And you did it last year, right? And it worked out yeah, for you. Yeah, it worked great last year. So it worked you, awesome. you planted it late. Oh, we got lucky. It came up and it was perfect in October. Oh, yeah. And it's, the deer are going to hammer it. So it's, you know, it's, it's not too far fetched to plant a little bit, little bit late. Maybe maybe uh, people are going to change their patterns on on what they're doing due to the weather because the weather's changing in Pennsylvania and has been for a few years now. And, um, you know, November we're having 70 degree weather. So it might be, might be, uh, might be something that uh, you're, you're taking advantage of. Yeah, it's it's almost simultaneous with like the maturity of uh, our brassica mix. You see, whenever about the same time that our corn is reaching its uh, its maturity, and the corn is like getting uh, it's all field corn. Of course, and we're not trying to plant anything for cows or any kind of livestock. We're we're just putting that out for the deer, and it's about the same time we may be getting uh, the first frost. The first frost, and whenever the weather starts getting a little bit colder, that's whenever those brassicas get a lot uh, get a lot sweeter. The carbohydrate level goes up quite a bit. That's kind of the what we're doing. We have the same type of brassica mix, same type of brassica mix that we have uh, right now. We've been testing for years now, actually. Now we we kind of have it down pretty good, actually. We have uh, uh, what we're calling Uncle Wow's foul blend. Hey. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's what we're calling it. Coming soon. Yeah, it, it'll be within the next, I'd say, week. Less, maybe. yeah, less than a week. Two less than a week, hopefully. Five days, seven, six, seven days. It's gonna be a week. Nice. Right. Our, our uh, fall blend this, this year's, uh, what, what we come up with was a kale product, a forage kale. We're putting actually 50% of the product is going to be kale, and we're adding, uh, what is it, 16.3%. That's like a third each. A third of each of the purple top turnips, the forage radishes, and the rapeseed. And it does awesome for us. I mean, you check our pictures out on our site and stuff. That's it a, does phenomenal. Those turnips. If you could check tonnage the, of food. Tonnage. Uh, the, the folks at uh, the big name... Folks that are out there selling wildlife forage seed, the the purple top turnip uh, is not even that's not even twenty five percent of what we of have what we have in ours same now. Same thing with the radishes, same thing with the grape. It's, well, we say it's a, it's a nice blend. What's nice about you guys and what makes you a little bit different than the other companies that you see out there on a regular basis is, and primarily for our listening audience, you guys are planting in Pennsylvania land, you're testing Pennsylvania soils, multitudes of different areas in the state of Pennsylvania. So if you're a hunter or a property manager or somebody that wants to control the wildlife in your area at that level, 
who would you rather go to? Would you rather go to one of the big, big chain, big name chains that don't necessarily do the yeah, they level? Might, they might be out of like <laughs> Illinois yeah. or down south somewhere. and They may not necessarily do the level of serious get into this real Pennsylvania type of soil legwork that you guys have done. So that's a, that's a kind of a promotion in relation to the back 40 seed kill. If you're hunting in Pennsylvania, we, we've tried a lot of them big name company seeds and I'm not talking nothing bad on any of them, but what we found out that works good here, that's what we plant and we're trying to make it available to everybody else. And it's for the Northeast. It's Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, Maryland, I mean, it, 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 we have some pretty good seed out there. So I was, I was reading some information on you guys' website, which happens to be back40seedco.com, about certified seeds and coated seeds um, and you guys using them in all of your blends. What are they and why are you using them? Coated seed, what the seed is coated with, actually, it's kind of... It, it, it's, <laughs> It's a it's a great idea actually. Whenever I you think about coating the seed, first of all, like a a clover seed is like the size of a grain of pepper. So if you're thinking about like trying to coat a seed, <laughs> yeah. coat each one of these seeds individually, I'd like to see how that's done. But yeah, they the do seed it. is coated with uh, it's it's actually coated with a, a layer of lime. Yeah, and that's part of the product that's in there, which actually kind of jacks the uh, uh, the pH of the pH of the local soil right there up just a wee bit and it, or there's also a little dose of nitrogen on there yep. and that is for like nitrogens for every single process of the green process of every plant like in a photosynthesis yeah. Yeah. thing. You know. So you guys gave a little bit of an explanation about what um, the covered seeds are on the website and I did a little bit more research after reading that because I thought it was pretty good content and made me interested in it. It was there were some figures on there, coated versus non-coated, and the probability of germination or the um, just quality of what you're getting out of it. Ninety uh, percent yield, or it's guaranteed. Well, not guaranteed, but there's an average of a ninety percent yield with coated seeds versus thirty-five. Thirty-five percent. Yeah, thirty-five I mean, that's thirty-five percent of. Do you think about the legwork that you put in every year to do what you're doing with these food plots? That almost be heartbreaking to put that level of work in and not get out of it. What the coated seed? It does. It. it does. It works phenomenal. And we've tried non-coated seed and coated seed, and coated's the way to go, yeah. in my opinion. So then, the, the what? What is certified? How does the seed become certified? It is from a major distributor, is what gotcha. it is. It's not from just like a local farm that somebody combines it and puts it in bags and sells it. This is gotcha. from a major company. Okay. Everything is certified. There's very little. Like noxious weeds, weed seeds, anything like that, and it is 100% good seed. And like if you buy off a regular farmer just from somewhere that combined it, you're gonna get a lot of weeds, yeah. thistle, yeah. pokeberry, yeah. shumac. I mean, all kinds of different weeds in with it. Mm-hmm. Certified seed is it's it's the way to go. Way to go. So yeah, you guys' stuff is like I said, Pennsylvania raised in a sense. You want somebody who knows your soil or about the soil or the, what, where you're hunting, what the ground's like, and how you can manipulate the ground to, one, keep animals on your property, but also manage the movement of them. Um, these guys not only provide seed, um, you can also contact them with questions. They have other services outside of just buying bags of seeds. There's 
a little bit of expertise that goes behind it, and that's Pennsylvania expertise, which is good. Uh, we talked to some folks actually from uh, Oklahoma over the weekend and some folks from Tennessee, and they had sent us pictures about uh, what they had showed us some photographs of some failed food plots that uh, they had uh, planted some clover, and it was from a, one of the uh, bigger seed distributors out there or whatever, and, and they uh, had some trouble, and however, they had not done a, a, a soil samples, and they really didn't. Uh, there's a lot to do with the, the soil samples and soil preparation. Soil preparation. Get your soil right. You got to get that pH up there, otherwise so stuff just, just won't grow. Heartache and something about breaking somebody's heart. I mean, to be able to put all, all that seed, there's a lot of money that you can get involved with all the effort. And oh yeah. Soil samples are everything. You really have to watch the pH of the product. That way, you're do the do a, a soil sample so that you can check the pH. What that does is enables the fertilizer to be able to take it be taken up by the plant and makes a giant difference as far as the quality of the plant that you're putting in it's worth it it's worth the effort yeah it's easy to do yeah. having been somebody who really uh, never i've never planted a food plot i know about them a little bit about them but the area that i hunt is being logged this year so part of the emphasis of altering the manner in which they're traveling through there, because that's going to change a lot of it, is it should change it for the good, though. I think. Yeah, ultimately it will change. Being it for the a good. logger, it'll be uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, because the area that I'm talking about is primarily a travel area. They don't typically bed in there, so when yeah, they it's cut gonna, that, it's going to change your whole property that, up. Yeah, when they cut that, whole different hunting. it may hold the deer better, but. One of the things that I talked to my old man who hunts up there and the, the my cousin who owns land was what were we going to do to alter the effect of the fact that their main travel area was being basically clear cut. Wiped out. Yeah. They're going to wipe it out. out. Um, so we decided that we were going to put a food plot in about a half an acre. So we had Brother Roy come up with me, walked around, took a look, and really walked me through the steps of what I need to be doing when I needed to be doing it. So going back to... They don't just provide seed. They give you the information you need yeah. to make it grow. Yep. The know-how behind it. And basically almost at whatever level that you need. I mean, you guys travel? Would you travel? We would right? travel for a small fee. Mileage. Mileage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mileage meals. Back, back, to the log, back to the logging deal. Uh, you know, so he talked about that logging. They just logged his ground. They're going to log his ground this year. Um, so... I probably just mastered this honey hole that I have um, this year. I'm going to say mastered it like where I'm, I know they're traveling. I'm just missing them. I saw three shooters this year in this spot. I just couldn't close the distance on them. Very, very great spot. So I go down there the second week of rifle season. It's dark. It starts breaking light. Oh, man. Something looks different. <laughs> What's going on? And there's a little bit of snow on the ground, so... You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, it just looks different because of the snow. No, it gets completely laid out. They completely cut out the whole bottom part of this <laughs> ledge. I mean, everything from six Quite inches. Clean. Oh, that's a killer. Everything from six inches around up there, it was gone. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I saw one little tiny doe that day. That was it. And, you know, just as you get to learn a spot, they do this something like this. That's a killer. And, um, you know, it changes so the whole pattern. Of changes the, the whole pattern of the deer. But I think in a few years, it's, it's actually going to be It'll be good. No, it'll be good. It'll be really, really good. It'll be good. And, um, you know where that spot's you know, at. You know, there's, a, there's some seeds that Roy has, Brother Roy and Farmer Bill have, that they harvest uh, this, you know, every year whenever they get ripe and it's the autumn olive seed. 
And uh, I'm telling you right now, I think that's a perfect spot to yes, throw some I would scatter it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. That stuff, autumn all over. That stuff's hardcore. Yeah, it's yeah. thick, thick cover. It's hardcore it is, stuff right there. It is an invasive species of Pennsylvania, but it it grows like a weed. It yeah. is oh, yeah. phenomenal what it does for cover for deer. I got a sad. You, you imagine my boy at eight years old hunting down there if I hunt. If I cover that autumn olive and right on the edge of that, it's all oaks and maple up, up on other. T- other you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be the guy walking through all those autumn olives. No, that's, that's what the boys for. That's that's what the boys for. That's like, not a nice walking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what my old man used to tell me whenever we were hunting back in the day. He, you know, he could say, "I get bored." He'd say, "Oh, take a walk. You know, you're going to cut down through here, and you're going to go over through here, and you're going to come up through here, and then come right back up to me." I know, you know. He sent back you then, the I thought he was just sending me for a walk. Oh no, <laughs> he knew where those deer were laying. Sent you on the worst trail possible. Sad story along the lines of what you were talking about with the area that you sat down in for the first twenty years of my archery hunting career. I hunted the first day in Huntington. Camp Blue Diamond is basically the area where I was at. So, you know, about 20 years, shot a lot of deer down there, was raised into archery when the herd was really good in that area. So when I was 12 through 18, it'd be nothing to sit in a stand and see 45 deer a day, have three bucks walk by in shooting yep. range. So I've been hunting down there for 20 years, did a good job, shot a lot of deer out of there. Did all right. Did all right. Went down there. <laughs> After the 20th year, I went down there the next year, and the entire area that I'd been hunting since I was 10, basically, was cleared out. There's a big A-frame building put in. Yeah, that's not good when they build a house right yeah, where, no, you, yeah. where you hunt. Yeah, I've been there that's not good. Broke, broke my heart. That's not good for the deer travel. <laughs> no. But yeah, that was a story. There used to be a zillion deer down there, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh it was. It was. Uh, it's interesting to see, because I've seen personally when I hunt, an uptick in the number of deer that I see every year, probably. I've seen more and more deer in the same places where I'm hunting all the time. And it feels to me, it seems to me like the herd might be getting a little bit better in this area where we hunt. And based off of the volume of traffic that we see on the Facebook page or our website, com, it seems to be up throughout the state. Now, it could be more well, people. You should see what food plots do to your property. That's true. I mean, our 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 property in the last seven eight years, it went it went from seeing, you know, we might see five deer in one day when we first started food plotting, and now now we're seeing you know, sixteen to twenty five deer yep. a day. Well, it's all the more important to keep the if you can keep the deer keep the deer in your property and not pressure them. If you can That's get them, if you can the get them thing. to your property, if you can lead them into your property and keep them there, which and, is exactly kind of what and we're make talking them a about. A lot doing. more healthy weather yeah. there. Yep. These, the, truly, a lot of the stuff that uh, the, the things that you put in food plots are jacked with protein, or yeah. you know, they, they get up there. It's good fall. for the deer. It's it's the healthy. Fall blends in the high thirties. We get in the high thirty percent. How many protein. fawns do we got back there right now running around? They're just. I mean, they're getting all that milk from the they're fat. from the does. Fat. fat fawns. Fat. I've seen well, quite. A, I've seen quite a few fawns this year too. Which, again, going back to seeing a, a rise in numbers just sitting in the stand. I've probably seen more fawns so far this year than I've seen in my entire life, probably. So that's a good sign as well. But yeah, keeping deer on your property by putting, one, putting in the work. It takes work. People don't realize how much dedication it takes to maintain a property and put in plots like it. But if you're looking at reaping a reward from it and you're really serious about hunting and you have the land to do it, you have to do it nowadays. You have to. The only way you get deer on your property and keep them on your property is if you do this. Yeah, if you have Ultimately. a decent amount of problem. We only have 47 acres, and 
We're planting 10 acres of it, and that's not a big chunk of property. There never used to be such a thing around here when I was a young hunter as hunters in Pennsylvania having a lease. Yes. I hear that now, and I will hear groups having a lease. And it's almost like a jaw dropper to me as an old hunter, and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. But, but sure enough, I mean, there's there's uh, groups of 8 and 10 and 12 and 20 hunters, and they have property, and they really have carte blanche to do whatever they want they on want, that yeah, property. Yes. And yeah. those are the folks that whenever you have that kind of group and you have a lot of folks that you're all willing to, and that's usually like a, a, a broad variation of age groups. There. Oh, yeah. So you oh, yeah. get your, yep. that's the idea for us older hunters. We get the young guys to do all that. <laughs> you gotta, going back you gotta, to, going back to smart sending, your, a sending your boy through the uh, <laughs> Set it through the stuff. Brush, right yep. Send it through the brush. But uh, to be sure, it does, it does make a giant difference, on, especially on these bigger plots or bigger, bigger tracks. Bigger areas, yeah. Uh, the folks have and really you could do whatever you want with it and that timber stand improvement that's a giant thing these that's days that's a major thing i've been uh, the, the company i've been working for it now i'm a logger I'm a, you know I, I do timber and uh since uh january uh, about february february till now all i've been doing is clearing land and putting food plots in for my boss that's good we're clearing that's a, that's i mean clearing land and putting food plots in and are you allowed to hunt it uh, eventually I will. More be. importantly, I've been managing all. I'm putting my seed out there. Um, yeah. More importantly, are you spreading your seed? That's the question. We're spreading the seed there, but like uh, we just got moved to a property right now, and we're putting three acres of food plots in, in the middle of the woods, and the timber that we're taking off of it. I mean, the property owner's not making no money on his timber, but he's going to have three acres worth of food plots put in, and they're going to cost him a dime. Yeah, it's a we good trade. In. That's we a good trade in. off. Yeah, we come in, we log it, we pop, bring an excavator in, pop stumps, we make fields. I mean, oh, yeah, it never pays really, off. you never really think about that side of it too much, but that's part of the service that you guys offer. So one of your additional services is what? What was the term you used? Timber, timber, timber stand, stand, TSI. Timber stand, it's a TSI timber stand improvement. Improvement. Yeah, that's something that you guys could also do. Also, though, really. So as right, before, yeah. yeah. If you're looking at something, you're thinking, man, I'd love to put a food plot in here, but I can't afford it. I don't have time to do it, to offset it with the lumber that's yeah, taken a If you have a, a decent piece of property, I mean, anywhere from 20 to even smaller than that, up to 200, maybe 500 acres, and you want to put 20 acres of food plot in, it can be done. Oh, yeah. And you can probably do it for nothing if you sell your couple. You know, if you've got 200 acres, what's 10 acres of getting cut and making fields out of it in the middle of them? Yeah, so that's something to think about as well. If you're if you're a fledgling uh, landowner, hunter, or just want to improve your property, and make it better for the deer. In general, yeah. So yeah. you know, we're talking about uh, food plots and and stuff like that. You know, and there's a lot of guys out there that don't have access to land. They hunt game lands and stuff like that. So you're looking at farmers' fields. You're looking at edge of border property uh, from a farmers' field to the game lands to hunt that. Uh, so your opinion, what do you look for? I mean, cause you know, there's hundreds of thousands of acres of game lands out here in the state of Pennsylvania, the border farmers ground where they're growing corn, they're growing soybean, they're growing whatever they may be doing to feed their cattle to make some money. So what do you guys look for out there, um, to the mountain ranges or, you know, the edges of whatever, or what, what do you hunt and, and what farmers plant, uh, per year, you know, per month? What do you do? You get pretty, you're getting, you're getting pretty scientific it's here. Right? I mean, I, I mean, it's deep, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't gotta, hunt you, much. You have to know what you look for, though. There's, yeah. there's like a, when I hunt, when I hunt game lands, I go as far as 
far as I can go. I'll go. I'll go two miles, three miles in. I get away from people. I go as far as I can go into the game lands. I don't hunt them soybeans, corn, and stuff like that because everybody else is hunting there. I like, well. to, I like to go far away. There's, there's well, our property, yeah, we have food plots, so we, we hunt we don't around hunt your food plots. We don't, have to look we for don't hunt on the food plots, we usually. We bring them to us. Mm-hmm. They come to us. We rarely hunt the, the food idea. plots. We hunt the woods around the food plots. Yeah, we don't hunt yeah. right on the plots. Well, see, that might be good, though, you know, for uh, advice for a hunter that's hunting these grounds that are, uh, you know, farmer's fields right along the edge of the game lands where these guys are posting up 10 feet into the, you know, into the woods on the edge of a cornfield. You know, maybe you want to get back, back further. More of a staging area. You know, yeah, sta- it does, you know, yeah. get in there. But staging areas. I was just asking, is it, you know, what do you look for? Like, if, if they're planting soybeans, is that something that you if want to hunt over rather than corn? I mean, what what do you want to do? Depends uh, on the time of year, but to be well, sure. Uh, not, uh, we don't, we aren't hunting anything out in any of those fields, but to get to somewhere, one of the ideas there, I mean, just what you're just talking about, is to get back into a staging area, maybe catch yourself an inside corner, a staging area back into somewhere where we're able to, There's you can put a small plot. There is there is such a thing as a deep woods plot, and and, and that's one of those spots. It takes, takes a little bit of work, and uh, the deer aren't going to be out into those, out, out into the cornfields into the middle of the night. I mean, that's just kind of the way that they forage, but... One of the things that food plots do, they kind of take the pressure off of all of your local, they take uh, anything that's nearby. Food plots will take oh, yeah. some of the pressure off of that. So any of the local browse, it's, it, it saves some of the browse even into the, into oh, the yeah. winter. So it's kind of. So you're saying I could walk around to my neighboring properties and be like, look, I'm going to, I'm thinking about putting a food plot in. I know you've been having trouble with the deer eating your crop or doing something like that. How about you? Chip in a couple hundred bucks to it. Couple hundred. <laughs> couple hundred bucks. <laughs> couple hundred now. But it yeah. would work. You know, out, work. out here where it's I good live. Idea. Out here where I live, you know, back, even when I was growing up and we were spotting the old man, I'd see 90 deer out in that field and 100 deer in this field and this and that. Uh, well, you know what? This farmer out here had 100 head of cattle. He also had every single corn or every single field planted in corn and something else to harvest. And now it's just grass fields. So yeah, he got sick of feeding the deer. Yeah, I mean, it just you know he doesn't have a hundred head of cattle anymore. If you plant, if you plant, all, if you plant, if now. you plant for the deer and put time and effort into it, they'll come to it and stick. To, but stick on your but property. what I'm telling you is, people don't see deer down here in that magnitude anymore. I mean, the population's not up, but, you know, they're saying, we don't see a deer in the field. Well, there's nothing there's not not as much food for the You know what, that's because... Over, to, over the mountain, there's corn. Right. Over over here, there's soybean. Over there, there's whatever, you know. Yeah, and then over there, there's the back 40 food plots, and they're just... They're all <laughs> over Just hammering. So they're always taking all the deer from this area. Yeah, that's why. You don't right, see right. them because they're over at our right. property. I'm Shame. not too far from you. That's a fact. Shame on you, brother, Ray. Uh, Robbie, you bring up a good point, though, I mean, about uh, knowing, knowing your neighbors. Right. Uh, knowing the neighbors and and being uh, cor- <laughs> we're we're all cordial hunters. I mean, we've oh, all yeah. grown up and we we hunt the way we hunt, and uh, we're, we promote the we promote the sport as as much as anybody can possibly do. And it's nice to be able to know those neighbors oh, yeah. out there. They're all trying sure. to do the same thing as we are, for sure. And I look, I mean, I kind of look at it in this way: being a what I'll say a, a middle ground hunter in age and having kids. <laughs> <laughs> having having kids and trying to usher them into the w- want to actually go out and do this stuff because when I was young, 
when my father was taking me up through, it was like it was back then. It was seeing 40, 50 deer a day. It was being able to take a legitimate shot at a deer every single year, if not four or five shots at a deer, five, six different deer every year to what it is now where if you don't put in the time, if you're not serious about it, it may not last very long. It'll never fully go away, but the manner in which um, you keep things going is by generating interest. If you don't have deer or you can't put a kid in front of a deer, what's the probability of you putting that kid back in the woods the next year? It's very, very low, especially nowadays with tablets and computers and all that. I get a little bit passionate about this type of stuff because I see so many people with kids and these kids are inundated with themselves and with technology and it's just like take them out get them out come out take them out yeah put them on a, it, it could be it has to be safe of course i'm all about safety but put them on a small piece of equipment out when it working with you mm-hmm. if you just have them out there standing there and they're schlepping around bags that's not yep. going to work but if you get them involved in something fun they like getting on a piece of gear get them to ride a little four-wheeler around oh, yeah. nice and yeah. slow get them put around and they can spread around fertilizer and it really does get them involved and then whenever they see something grow you take it back, it's growing. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's you good take point. it back, and then you get them to see it really growing really well, and then you get them to maybe get uh, <laughs> lucky, and you can poke the deer off. Speaking of which, Farmer Bill, formerly Dr. Bill and I, attended a show at Cabela's in, what's the town? I was in Hamburg. Part of the dis- the, the table setup was um, they planted 100 or so sunflowers, so they're in plastic cups with plastic lids on top of them, and you can see the sunflowers are probably two, three inches grown out of the ground. All these kids, all these kids, the entire time, are funneling in, and it was uh, impressive want, to see. They, they want some sunflowers. Oh, even the, Well, the parents were coming. The young parents are coming over and saying, oh, those sunflowers, get what do you guys do? That, that was a, a de-question generator primarily because they see it. Simple visual stuff. Yeah. They saw the plant coming out of the ground because you look at the standard stuff the kids are doing. If you're teaching them about it and they actually see the result, the likelihood of them being passionate about it is much better, which carries across everything we're talking about right now. Another thing that I do personally with my kids, I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old, is fish. I fish with them a lot. And that was really, for me, how I got involved in the outdoors was primarily because I fell in love with fishing at the age of like five. That's the thing I could do to get me out there. There's a lot of good water in Pennsylvania, and right now is a very good time to get in the water. Get your kids in the water. Even if they're not fishing, get your kids in the water. Take them to a river. Let them wade around. Let them throw rocks. Take them to can do a state park. Get them in the water because that's another thing that gets them outside. There's a, there's a lot of things that people can be doing to ensure that this process that we love, the, the hunting aspect, maintains. There's an uptick right now, really, from what I see, what we do, uh, who we're involved with, of guys our age that want to see it improve and are willing to put the effort into making it improve. And going back to the back 40 seed kill, that's where you start. That's a base. That's a basic. It does work well. The first year, the first year we put the food plots in, we we started we were we went kind of berserk and we were all, yeah, we were crazy. taking we were out there staring at the ground and waiting on stuff just to come out we're sitting there looking at it with our head in our chins in there you trying to will that shit to grow please grow please grow but it, and truly it does ultimately I mean we we were saying the very first year we kept saying food plots food plots work food plots work yeah it worked also awesome really my first does. year it did. And, then we was then a, we had come so our second year work great maybe our, I don't know what year it was I was third or fourth year. we had a major failure on a pile of stuff due to weather and it was just like holy and heck I thought we knew part, what we were doing and it was all weather related and with you guys what do you what do you think this so 
the weather in the state of Pennsylvania has been pretty steady, kind of the patterns over a couple year cycle. Last this year, year, last, last year, year was wasn't a good. We had last a hell of a drought last year. It but was... this year, when you have an abundance, it really, have, we've had an abundance of rain abundance so far. Rain. Late yeah. spring, early <laughs> summer, it's been pretty wet. How does that affect, or does that affect what you guys are doing? That affects everything in what we're doing. I mean, the, the rain makes stuff grow. I mean, but rain keeps you off fields too because you got uh, mud. Yes. You can't plant. Yes. And makes the weeds. The weeds seem weeds, to like yeah. that. They yeah, like that that's rain true too. too. This true year too. we really didn't. We only planted a few things this spring, but mainly uh, everything we had was pre-existing plots. Uh, our alfalfa, clover, our chicory. Right now we're just getting set up. We're going to be planting corn, and we're going to be planting about three to four acres worth of brassicas. Our blend, our Uncle Al's fall blend. The kale, uh, turnips, radishes, and uh, rape, it does phenomenal. But That's a great plan. So, <laughs> it is. So, so given I'm the, playing going Saturday. Given the nature of yeah. uh, our podcasts and how often we get to them, how often we talk about doing them internally and never get to them just because of life in general, if I am going to go in and do something right now, what am I doing with my land? Oh, I would be soil sampling and spraying, spraying for weeds. Okay. I we yeah, we spray everything with glyphosate. Uh, it's forty one percent glyphosate. It's generic Roundup. We spray our fields two weeks prior to when we're gonna plant, and we disk our fields and fertilize to what the soil the soil results recommend in lime, and go from there and hope for rain. Well, we're gonna get an abundance. I hope so. We're gonna get an abundance. I bet we're gonna smash this rain. So you guys. Are planting your food plus now, right now? Planting some, yes, yeah. You're planting We're some in the new stuff. Of, like yeah, this, we got this all is our stuff for free. this is stuff for fall. Yeah, this is stuff that you're excited about now. Oh, excited. yeah, the, early, the earlier stuff, the earlier <laughs> stuff. You're like, yeah, we're gonna plant this, keep them here. Now this, this stuff. Now you're like, yep, yeah, this, this is, is the, the stuff that we're gonna hunt over. This is not yes. over technically, but this is stuff that's gonna keep the deer on our property. Keep this the deer throughout the winter. It's gonna be here. Yeah. So now you're planting stuff here, and you're like hoping and praying and wishing right this works yeah. out yeah yes. i need i need a dry saturday <laughs> <laughs> and then it can rain and do whatever it wants till next saturday so all you listeners I'm planting the following saturday <laughs> all you listeners out there and i'm going to go back to a point i was just making we try to get around to doing these podcasts as much as we can and we try to edit the ones that we've recorded so we have a couple that we've recorded that we don't even have out there there's things that uh time sensitive yeah, things that are very time sensitive. So let's say we don't edit this for another week, week and a half, put it out for another week. Yeah, everybody's when gonna is, be a week behind. When can when can I buy the fall blend? Our fall blend should be up for sale. What's today? The any date? Eleventh. 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 Yeah. What do you think, Bill? It's, we 15th. should have fifteenth by this weekend. Fifteenth. Uh, I'd say the eighteenth. We should have everything up for sale for a okay. seat. So if you listen to this podcast and you maybe the nineteenth before it's there. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You know it's like a delivery. July. Give us a couple of days, you know. Quite you can, you can plant you can plant the whole way up in the middle of August. Yeah. Yep. I mean planting days for the fall blend that we use is like the beginning of July to the twentieth of August. Yeah. Almost September you can plant yep. it. And it will do great for you. So the earlier you get it in, the bigger your crop's gonna be. If you listen to the podcast so far, if you've listened to the whole thing. Uh, it's almost a no-brainer to do if you can do it. You should do it for multiple reasons as we relayed. Go out, and if you have property to do it, think about putting food plots in. You should. 
there's multiple benefits outside of just the fact that you're maybe shooting better animals, better quality animals. I'm doing it this year for the first time. I'm a, I'm a first year food plotter. We're going to walk plotting. you through it. We're going to walk you through it. You'll see. You'll, well, it, no, it, 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 you'll become addicted. I, I swear. I mean, just, truly, you'll see. Just the amount, awesome. just the amount of knowledge that I've gained through talking to you guys and being interested in and doing a little bit of research. It's some intriguing stuff when you get down to it. It's scientific, really, from a couple standpoints. So, so just just for the record, because a lot of guys don't have ground. So to go out there and to rake away a logging road. Yeah. All right. What do you got for that? Like, uh, right now we have our clever blend. Our clever blend. It will work there. Oh, it will work. So oh, you don't need a whole lot of sunlight. It no, does not hey, it works great. It grows sunlight. great in the shade. Yeah. Yeah, our so, clover blend is phenomenal. I have it on logging roads. It's probably 60%, 70% shade, and it's up to my knees. I mean, it's yeah, you almost got, you, you, those, Some of those pictures are on our website, uh, back40ccompany.com. And, and truly, i got to tell you, it, it's amazing. What we did on those logging roads, and it, it does have minimal light. We we clear them out every, every year. Uh, it's we, not we a lot of light. It's, it took us years to figure out what clover blends that grow good here. I yeah. mean, before we... Yep. We planted clover and it wouldn't do it wouldn't do barely anything and we found this one blend and I'm I, I'm so by it. I'll plant mm-hmm. it. I got two more roggenards. I'm gonna plant oh, this shit. fall in clover. Shit, it's so good. You guys started a seed company around. Well, I know. I have, I have a little area up there. I need you guys to take a look. Yeah, at. hey, we'll take care of it for you since you're so busy. <laughs> what are the benefits? I'll get up there and I'll, I'll send you the bill bill in the mail. So we, right? yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So we're gonna That'll shame work. you. We're gonna shame you right now into into doing this. So if you're a hunter and you want to continue the tradition, if you want it to be strong, if you have kids, if you want the kids to get out of there and do stuff, food plotting is a very port, very important part of that process. So if you can do it, you should be doing it. And if you're doing it in Pennsylvania. Why not do it with the seed company that is born and bred in Pennsylvania and knows their stuff? A little bit about growing stuff yeah. in Pennsylvania. Back yeah. com. Pretty much buy our seed. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. Just go, just go on their site and buy their seed. Come on. Hurry up. Yep. All so, right. So, anyway, we're so, going to bring it to the end. Well, we want to touch base one more time on the Beard of Buck because they encompass a lot of what we've talked about today. If you want to see it in action, if you want to understand, at least from a baseline perspective, the processes that go into maintaining land, planning out properties, they do a lot of, they they show visually a lot of those processes, which is one thing about their show that was different from other shows that I've seen. There's a lot of process that goes into <clears throat> um, what they're doing to maintain their land. So they're a good example if you want to learn about it. If you want to learn how to do it, uh, their show will actually teach you throughout the process. So I thought that was impressive with them. Also leading into the back forty seed co. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to meeting those guys. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was I uh, I missed uh, one of the bashes. I was away that, that particular weekend or whatever. But I mean, I, I really look forward to it. I saw pictures and that's all I can see. And whatever, there's some jaw dropping property up there. And then whenever I got to watch a show, and yes. you know what? You hit on it. Uh, you were talking about it. it's 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 uh. More than just truly, it is. It was a lot more than just watching a hunting show, and it was actually like, and they they, they were Pennsylvania deer that they were shooting. That's, oh yeah, three. That's kind of like puts me on my toes, but uh, it, was, it was pretty comical. I mean, there's a lot of comedy. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah, it's good a lot stuff. Of comedy, so it's, great it's, show. Great it's show. the show was a good show. The first in the, in the first two episodes, like I like I like to watch hunting shows. I watch them every now and then, but I don't watch them. De- I'm not a dedicated hunting show watcher, so I, I watch them when I flip through their channels and they're on. Nowhere do I really see 
or very little do I see that resonates for me where I sit in this chair right now while we're doing the podcast. In Pennsylvania is a pretty darn big hunting state. So one of the biggest. <coughs> you wanna, it is biggest. one of the yes. biggest. You want to create appeal for well, me. Texas is probably bigger. Yeah. But you want to create appeal whatever. for me as your, your viewer. <laughs> you were doing it in Pennsylvania, and they shot three big Pennsylvania bucks in the first two episodes. Another part of episode two, which was enjoyable and, and kind of plays into what you guys do, is that it's Oklahoma versus Pennsylvania. So in Oklahoma are the Sharp Brothers, and they're panic, planning food plots, like planning what they're going to plant. And in Pennsylvania during the episode, the Bearded Buck is doing the same thing, and they're like battling back and forth. And at one point in time, there's uh, one of the Sharp Brothers standing in their field of corn, and the corn's a foot and a half above his head and he's chewing on a piece of corn and then they're showing Pennsylvania and the bearded buck and they have a little three inch corn stock. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Oh, the awesome. Was the back 40. Awesome was chowing down on that. The back 40 had 10 to 12 inch ears last year. There you go. We did pretty good go. playing in July. So their show, their show's very good if you're interested in what we've talked about so far during this episode. They also do a lot with the QDMA, which is an important thing for the state of Pennsylvania. We'll talk about that more uh, in future episodes, um, but they do, they know their, the adjacent property owners. They've talked to the adjacent property owners. They have plans in place with the adjacent property owners to help them manage the deer herd better. It may not be the other property owners are doing stuff with their land specifically, but they're listening to them about it because they respect the process that they're going through doing it. So that's another part of them that is impressive as well when everybody is in uh the same cahoots helps out everyone in the area so you know it's it's, it's yeah. good it's yeah. a good thing plant a food plot no yeah, yeah plant it, a food they, plot, but it, it makes a big difference it same. does yeah. but property owners around your your food plot throwing the same page as you are let's say hey, yeah, we have we have two property owners on the same page as we are we're gonna let that young buck go um we're gonna let you know that some does go we're gonna do this we're gonna do that you know what? You might have something there. Yeah. So yep. get, throw this out here. there super quick. This isn't just brassica season. Everybody is in a, a hurry to throw a, a little field of turnips in. It's a real good time to plant, uh, like, the perennials. We, we actually, like, encourage everybody to plant, like, late season clovers and alfalfas. What we do that for is we, we miss about four seasons of weed. So you'll see weeds coming up. You'll see it's the purple ones now, and it's the yellow ones, and it's the green, and, and all these different weeds. And, and, and that's been the new in vogue thing to do for a lot of folks. Uh, they're planting a lot of these clovers. Like we, we started doing that last year. We uh, have a couple Plant of plants we plant late. late. We're missing a lot of weeds. And it's, uh, it's a good idea. It's kind of a cheap oh, yeah. way to do oh, it. Yeah. And we're just, well, well, that way we're putting out there, you're preparing all at one yeah. time. And I think that's, sp- yeah, I, th- I mean, th- I think that's a good idea for multiple reasons, even beyond what you're talking about now. If you're looking at improving the quality of your soil. So let's say I have a big area that I know I want to, I want to, I want to plant. You want to plant next spring? I want to yeah. plant it, but I want to plant it next spring. Yeah. I can put in a plot of, something right now yeah you can do our fall our fall blend is an awesome soil buster it busts the soil up just like a rototiller would you know what i mean perhaps it puts all your nitrogen nutrients everything you need into the soil so even if it's even if it's an area land that you're not planning on hunting around or on it's still going in there and doing what you want it to do and that is improve the quality of the soil clover clover puts a lot of nitrogen into the soil for future planting like say uh I want to do an alfalfa field or something in the spring. Uh, I might throw a throw a clover mix in in the fall, 
and then I will turn that into the ground next spring. And that, I mean, that that clover puts buku nitrogen into the ground. That's a good point. That's a good closing point, Farmer Bill, formerly Doctor Bill. Um, but yeah, we're gonna wrap this one up. Um, hopefully, we'll get another one to you here soon. Uh, we're here with again the Back Forty Seed Company, Pennsylvania's use a word Premier Seed Company. I don't know Premier Premier. Make sure you check out the uh, Premium Wildlife Forge. Make sure you check out the Beer Buck. They are on the Pursuit Channel, also Hunt TV. Huntchannel.tv. Uh, yeah, yep. Hey, I look forward to meeting you guys. Check out the Back40SeedCompany.com. Yeah. Uh, Farmer Bill and Brother Roy. And make sure you check out yours truly, PARepReport.com. Oh, yeah. And on Facebook. Thank you very much. And Have on Instagram. Night. Tune in.